what would have taken over his life recently? Why am I talking like Charlton Heston? Um, (laughs) 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 How did you know? This is Swick Presents Outside the Galaxy, the podcast that takes a closer look at unique characters and people a little closer to home. Well, pitter-patter, let's get at her. Backstories. Well, we're boned. Histories. Wasn't me. And details. I love gold. You never knew. So this is Planet Houston. Wanted to know. No, I don't. Or ever need to know. You took four minutes of my life and I want them back. Now here are this episode's panelists of Outside the Galaxy. Hello, welcome to Swick Presents Outside the Galaxy. Galaxy. <laughs> I was hoping someone would be there. Yeah. If only Um, We are back with another episode of... The four of us going outside. How big is the galaxy, do you guys think? Big. Real big. <laughs> Does it ever stop? Does the galaxy ever stop? No. I don't know. Just, I just keeps read, going. I was reading an article the other day that scientists are starting to think the universe is more unstable than they thought. I'm like, well, that will have, that's a future Matt problem. Not, I don't have to worry about that right now. Matt, why don't you fix that? <laughs> I saw that they found two Earth-sized uh, similar planets in a galaxy not too far away. They're going to fuck you up. One was a desert and one was ice or snow. <laughs> yeah. Just has one topographical feature. <laughs> Matt will take care of it all. That's, yeah. yeah, that's right. Matt is our if conduit not, to space. <laughs> It'll fuck you up. <laughs> there was a Falcon Heavy launch today, actually. I saw it from my driveway. It didn't fuck up. No, it didn't. It didn't fuck up. It, it where, where was it going? Space. space. It was, oh, it was a... It was a Space Force launch. That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. Oh. Defense. Defense. For this episode, offense. I think Dave is going to be telling us something that he likes that three of us probably oh, haven't shit, heard. Of. We got to guess. Okay. Yeah. Right. It's, something uh, Matt, I, it's something I love, and I'm glad I'm getting to go next because I have to purge this from my brain because it has taken over my life for the past several days. That could be anything that for you. Anything. Yeah. Anything. That could be anything. Man, let's have you have a guess. Crap. What's, what's okay. The- uh, what would have taken over his life recently? Why am I talking like Charlton Heston? Um, <laughs> <laughs> How did you know? It's, it's Chucky H. Damn, I can't. Now I really threw myself off. So I will call you Dr. Davis. Damn dirty Dave. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's good. It's not that. No. Okay. Tim, what's your guess? My guess is that Man from La Mancha. <laughs> I'm I hoping it is. Whatever comes out of Tim's mouth, you know it's going to be wonderful. <laughs> yep. But you know for a fact that when Tim tries to guess one of ours, someone's writing it down saying, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I'm going to do that Man from La Mancha. <laughs> um, I will guess David Duchovny. Ooh, <laughs> I know you love him. I certainly do, and that was a wonderful guess that maybe I'll be writing down. We're definitely going to get to that at <laughs> some point. 
But uh, I think maybe me and then Tim. Oh, boy. I'm out. Love. Now, you guys all know this. Yeah. Love, love, love. I love my Leo. Okay. When I see Leo in anything, mm. I, I get excited. Mm. I Leo, the, I, the Norwegian guitarist. I love him, too. Does his hard rock, <laughs> does heavy metal covers? Hell, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. Yeah. The other and only Leo. And uh, I figured, well, if I'm going to do that, then I'm going to focus on, to me, his greatest character that he's ever done. So I present to you Rick fucking Dalton. <laughs> Not growing pains? Yeah, so I, was no. thought, I thought that's where it was going. No, Rick Not Dalton. Season, season two of Davis Rules. <laughs> Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the second greatest Quentin Tarantino movie ever, in my opinion. That's a good um, movie. You've all you've all seen this, right? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yes. Okay. Is it high on your list or low on your list? It is one of uh, Tarantino's finest. Yeah. Have you? Uh, have any of you read the book? No. Excluding Chris, because I know he has. There's books. Yeah. What? Yeah. Uh, apparently, after the movie, Tarantino went and wrote a novelization of. Once upon a time, I have not read it, but I mean to, which means it's probably I, never going to get read. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to talk a lot about uh, what may or may not have happened to old Rick Dalton after mm. the events of the movie, because Quentin Tarantino, I mean, just because he loves his characters, he did write a book that he is considering uh, publishing called The Man Who Would Be McQueen, The Films of Rick Dalton. <laughs> okay. that would be great and he wrote as, as if it's you know like he was a real person right. yeah. he put a lot of real life stuff in that um, so because of that I guess I'll say now if you're going to read that book uh, if it ever comes out there are going to be some spoilers that I'm going to talk about um, not a lot because I've, I of course not have read the book but I got some of the really stuff that I think is really cool about it um, he even came up with his entire IMDb filmography <laughs> that he tried in, to get IMDb to put on the site as if funny. it's a real person, and they <laughs> denied him. They said nonsense. Nonsense. Would yeah. would uh, on his IMDb page has Rick Dalton died yet? Rick Dalton, no. Because if we're talking, it's been fifty years. Since we saw him as a late thirties actor, so he would be ninety, approximately. Today, the the last entries that Tarantino has written about Rick Dalton, I will tell you, but it does not include his death. Yeah. Okay, Good. okay. Well, let's go back to the beginning. Um, I like to know where things come from, and it turns out, as far as Tarantino says, that the relationship between Rick and Cliff Booth in the movie is based on two things. One of them is Kurt Russell and his stunt double, a guy named John Casino for many years. Um, so it's Kurt. great that Kurt Russell's <laughs> in it and then he works with him so much, but the, it seems like the one that the, and Tim, you probably know about this cause you're, you're a, uh, you know, film file or whatever you want to call it. But Burt Reynolds and his longtime stunt double, Hal Needham uh. was known as the highest paid stunt man in the world. So I, I've heard the name Hal Needham, but I don't know anything about him, but I've heard the name. Okay. It's fun to read about because anytime in Cannonball Run or um, 
uh, what's the other one? The Smokey, Smokey and Cannonball the Run Two. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime Burt Reynolds is driving a car, it's Hal Needham. Oh well, Stroke yeah. Race. <laughs> right. So Hal Needham Strip is basically. Tease. I was just going to say Smokey <laughs> Nights. Hal Needham is Cliff Booth, basically, um, which is Brad Pitt. Um, there's a really cool video on YouTube of um, the show FBI that was on in the late 60s that uh, Rick Dalton guest stars on. It's one of the shows that he's like, you know, the villain of the week. They yeah. really took a that episode, which was Burt Reynolds, and just took Burt Reynolds out of it. And Leo just put in all the scenes where Burt Reynolds was. Huh. In fact, Burt Reynolds was supposed to be. I, re- I learned this about the movie. Burt Reynolds was supposed to be in this movie. Um, do you remember they go to the Spawn Ranch where the Mansons are living? Yeah, he, well, he was supposed to be what? Um, uh, oh, the oh my god! I can't. The guy from oh shit! I forgot his Bruce name Stern. already. Bruce, Bruce Stern. Stern. Yeah. Lord, Stern. I was going to say that that actress's dad. That um, but Burt Reynolds was supposed to be that role, but he died. So they got Bruce Stern. Um, but um, a lot of the stuff that I am going to read is from that book. Um, so you remember the the very you know exciting and wonderful end of this, where he's killing and fighting the Mansons. <laughs> yeah. So he kills Sexy Sadie uh, with the fourteen fifths of McCluskey flamethrower <laughs> um and i also i also saw this a long way and i do have trivia questions for you guys later they're all tarantino movie based so i think it'll be fun because i think you guys are going to be pretty good at these um true but mccluskey true a real shit no i fucked up I'm already trying to make a joke about my trivia and i fucked it up <laughs> some things never change on this show <laughs> McCluskey is the name of Tommy Lee Jones's character in Natural Born Killers. Oh, <laughs> that was a movie. Oh. I haven't seen that in I, a I long thought Chris time. wasn't yeah, listening either. and doing something else. All I remember is his head on a uh. stick, right? <laughs> yeah. In in the, the, yeah, the, the prisoner riot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the unedited version, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Robert Downey Jr. There's a prison riot. Hey. <laughs> Yeah. Jesus Christ on a oh, fucking rubber crutch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, so his name's McCluskey. But uh the I the I one of the best things about that movie is all of the flashbacks to the things like the 14th fist of McCluskey where he's <laughs> yeah, anybody order fried sauerkraut and he you know he burns them all alive. So it's so it's so great. But Tarantino has revealed that Rick Dalton finds more success in his career after the end and, and the events of the film. Um, his killing of Sadie with the flamethrower attracts much media attention, leading to offers and roles for feature films. He gets bigger roles in guest TV series. He gets his own couple of new movies. There's an entire episode of Mission Impossible centered around him. <laughs> <laughs> so he has this kind of like renaissance which I think is funny because that's what Tarantino would do for yeah yeah, yeah. for Travolta, Pam Greer, you know, like like he mm-hmm. he he brought these people back. Um, he meets Rick, meets Quentin Tarantino at a Hawaiian oh, film festival. This shit just meta just got off the charts on this one. I'm not oh, sure yeah, if I can follow this, this one. 
it's very he retires in 1988 and in 1996 at the hawaiian international film festival which isn't a real thing <laughs> uh, they meet and he does this like sit down interview with them which is where the book is supposed to come from i'm wondering so, if like his idea is that he would have dalton in like instead of robert forrester in uh uh, in 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 that no, God, my, this this one happens to get old. You can't remember things. Uh, in that movie after the, the first movie after Pulp Fiction, um, Brown. yeah, Jackie yeah, Brown? Jackie Brown. Oh, okay. Yeah, he would he would he would be like the Robert Forrester of Jackie Brown. Yeah, yeah. okay. But and and I just I love that movie so much. I actually watch it. I watch it a lot. Like I probably watch it too much. Um. And there are some cool things like extended things that are, I don't have the Blu-ray, but you can watch all this shit on YouTube. Um, you remember that scene where he's doing hullabaloo? <laughs> yeah, he's, where he's singing, I want to know what's behind the green door. Yeah, well, it's behind that green door. <laughs> so you can see all that stuff. Um, he hates goddamn hippies, bunch of goddamn fucking hippies. <laughs> um, but he likes his trashy cowboy novels. He likes his whiskey sours. Um, but the the thing that I've learned about his character is that uh, I don't know how much how important this is, but people who do studies of uh, mental illness, there's a lot of them. And using his character as a really good example of bipolar disorder. Okay. So, um, you remember the scene where he's where he freaks out in his trailer, and he's like just yeah. smashing stuff yeah, and yelling yeah, or something. Yeah. That was completely improvised. He that was all Leo. There was nothing written except like Rick freaks out in his trailer, um, because he does go from like manic to very calm and quiet. Um, he's definitely an alcoholic at times when he gets flustered he stutters um there's a lot of uh videos about analyzing this character um it, it i just i find it fascinating when people do this stuff in general does, this isn't a real person but right, they try to yeah. make it real yeah doesn't he have another freak out in like the park and i only saw the movie once so i i i don't i don't have a full grasp on it but does he have another like mild freak out he cries a lot parking lot yeah yeah it's after he has the meeting with uh, Al Pacino, where Al Pacino yeah. wants to send them to, um, to Italy. To Italy. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> he wants them to do like spaghetti <laughs> westerns and stuff like that. And he comes out of the thing and he says to, he says to Cliff, he's like, "Well, it's fish, old buddy. I'm a has been." And he starts <laughs> crying. And Brad Pitt like puts his arm around him and he goes, "Don't cry in front of the Mexicans." Because <laughs> 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 there's a bunch of guys standing around, so. I don't, I love this movie so much. I think. I mean, nothing's ever going to be better than Pulp Fiction. This is right behind it to me, and it's mostly because of Leo. Mm. Yeah, I can't believe how good he is in this movie. He's like, it's a, it's a clinic. That that would be so great if they were to make a Dalton movie, like one of those spaghetti westerns or one of those FBI movies, and just would completely make the movie as like a as a spaghetti Western or whatever, yeah, uh, but try to, you, you know, shoot it on 16 millimeter, uh, you know, edit it the old fashioned way. You know, yeah. don't, don't use digital anything. Everything should be analog. Totally. That's... I don't even know. If, I don't even know if they could do that because everything is nobody. Hardly anybody knows. There's no like, 
pull Teresa Ropala Muhammad out of her. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or Mo Henry. Mo Henry, right, yeah. Or Mo Henry or Gary Burrett. It would, it would pro- so probably could fa- it be could it even be done? It's probably far more cheaper, like way cheaper to shoot it digitally and then use a computer to make it look like that best you can. There's always going to be a certain yeah. level of it still like a if you know what old film looks like, it's not going to look exactly like it. But I think just budget wise, it's like I don't even think if he wanted to do that, which I would love to see him do, and he could pull it off. I don't think any studio would put money behind doing it authentically. I think they put it behind the technology to make it look like it. Yeah. Make it look like it's 16 millimeter, but it's not real. Right. They would do it. And Tarantino. So cookie. I remember when the hateful eight came out, it was very important to him that it be presented in 70 millimeter (sighs) film. That's yeah, I remember that. That and I mean nobody uses that anymore. Yeah. We went to the Odin Theater in ooh, I want to say Leicester Square. I think that's where it was. Eric Moore took us there and we had a, a fantastic tour. They they pulled down like the old like pre-show curtain and and rose the organ from the floor. We had a great tour and we saw the booth and the booth was just being put back together. Because they switched all digital, but what's his name? Was it Nolan that did the Batman movies? Batman movies? Yeah. Christopher Nolan. Yeah. For the for the London premiere, he insisted it being on shown on film on seventy millimeter projectors. So they had to pull one of the digital projectors out and put a seventy millimeter in for that one uh, one screening. They uh there is a seventy millimeter film projector in Huntsville at the Huntsville space center. Mm. And they showed the force awakens on 70 millimeter film there. I drove down. It was like, it takes like two and a half hours for me to drive there. I drove the two and a half hours to go and just to see the force awakens. It was a 70 millimeter print projected on a dome screen. Donna, like, so you, so you actually had to lean back in your seat. Your chair was almost like, was almost like at a 45 degree angle. So you could watch it on the, on the dome ceiling. How big was Finn's ass on that screening? <laughs> <laughs> Two domes. <That's> right. <laughs> Two <screen>. domes. <laughs> well, I think when the, when Hayfully came out, he made, I, I mean, I don't know. This is the kind of power he has. He made a lot of theaters reconvert to that. Mm. So it did show on 70 miller, millimeter in, I want to say, like 25 Jeez. theaters in, yeah. in the country because that was really important to him. Well, and also to get a projectionist that knows how to work That's with that damn stuff. That's a good point. Yep. Uh, I mean, Dave, you know how to work with 35, but I would think that working with 70, 70 millimeters is twice as hard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> two times. Now, I, I, would, I would think it's, I would think there's some similarities, but there's probably a, probably a whole, whole different beast that goes along with, with that as well. So yeah, like, I've never projected a 70 millimeter. It's, it's a strange. So, so I don't know. The strange brew concept when they take the truckload of tainted beer at the end, and the girl says, "Or do you know how to drive a fifteen gear?" Sure, it's like driving a five gear, but three times. <laughs> Something like that. I'm really misquoting it, but there, there was that theater, the Eric up in Allentown, oh, yeah. across the street from the from, from, the, from prison. the prison. Yeah, and they had a, a seventy millimeter capability, and I remember. The manager telling me the last time they used it there was when Aliens came out. Oh, jeez. Aliens? Oh, wow. But they, Aliens, 86. Okay. So 
Yeah, I mean, when I when I talked to him, I remember I was going to see the Phantom. <laughs> Slam evil. Yeah, of course. Because you know that was that was when Paramount was having their their problems with uh, with AMC, but uh, the one theater it had a it had a retractable wall that went and split the screen. So they, they had little curtains that came out. But if you pulled the wall back and you pulled the, the curtain up, you had a gigantic, you know, 70 millimeter uh, capable screen, a super wide screen. Right. So we're going to go see was, uh, uh, Rocky Horror. Rocky Horror and oh, the God, bread. Right? Yeah. There was another, there was a screen up in New York, I remember, that was that when they had a, they had a, uh, someone had uh redid a print a 70 millimeter print of lawrence of arabia yeah. and they were showing at this screen near times square for like three or four months because it was like you had to it was only being shown here so people filmophiles would travel to new york city to see lawrence of arabia in its original intended format i didn't sit through that damn movie <laughs> i've seen it but not not like that well uh, it's it's the kind of uh, little love letter to Hollywood thing that he does in this movie, especially even just the the snippets that you see of these fake movies, how much time and, and love is put into them. The movie posters and they're all funny. Like the movies are called Kill Me Quick Ringo said the gringo <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nebraska Jim. But like really, I mean, the main part of the movie centers around his guest shot on the show Lancer, where he plays the villain of the week, this character named Philip Decatu. And that's when he has the scenes with the little girl and stuff like that. That's a giant bulk of the movie. Yeah. And, then and Luke Perry, uh, Luke Perry shows up. Luke Perry, uh, Timothy Oliphant. Oh, that's oh. that's the that's where Sam Jackson is too. That's the only little shot that he's in in that movie. Um, Kurt Russell's in that part. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's really that middle of that film is kind of where he has his I don't know come to Jesus moment, and uh, the girl says to him in the thing that's the best acting I've ever seen, and it's Rick fucking Dalton. But I remember even seeing that for the first time thinking like, even though it's this girl's line thinking like this is some of the best acting I've ever seen in any movie ever. Yeah. I think that every time I watch rocket man with Harlan Williams, <laughs> yeah. Harlan, mother of meat. <laughs> the last thing I have. And, and if this, this, I can't confirm whether it's in the book or not because it's the book hasn't come out. So it's a little hard. Are you how familiar are the three of you with true romance? It's been a while. I've seen it, but yeah, I don't think I've seen yeah. it. Yeah. In the it's been a while. I've probably seen it twice and it's been at least two decades. Okay. So there's a movie within that movie. It's supposed to be like Platoon. It's called Coming Home in a Body Bag. <laughs> and they talk about this a lot in the uh in in the movie. Um the last thing that's in here and it's produced by the characters in True Romance. Um, the music is done by Michael Kamen, you know. But uh, Rick Dalton is supposedly a character named Colonel McDuff in Coming Home in a Body Bag. So I love this universe building shit. Like Marvel does this now. Like Tarantino's been doing this since he started writing stuff, and I love this kind of stuff. I would. I would definitely get behind pulp, 
you know, he doesn't need to write it, but he can get ghostwriters to write little pulp, little 90 page pulp novelizations of these different movies like Nebraska cool. Jim. Yeah. And, you know, just take take that movie poster, put it on there. You know, if they can print it on that yellow paper that has the red outsides, uh, that those sort of things, those those, you know, dime store novels. That uh, they used to be able used to be able to pick up. They, you know, there was always that rack of books at the grocery store. Yeah, like those sort of books. That would be great if they if they. You should make like a that. little ten episode miniseries on Netflix of like each movie. Yeah, that'd be cool. That would be, yeah, that would be pretty cool. They uh, I, I, um, Stephen King did that with uh, a series of novellas that he wrote, where he he put them out in the pulp format, and they were they were they weren't like authentic pulps like you like you like the cheap paper but it's you still kind of got the whole the feel of it like these these little dime store novels that he that he put out as a series good stuff <laughs> well that's all about all i got on rick dalton but i do have some trivia for you um you're each gonna get six questions and these revolve Oof. around tarantino's films okay mm-hmm. okay so some oh, okay. of these, some of these I got from some places, but I wrote a lot of them, and I did not take it easy on you guys. So Who's we're gonna see what was it. We're gonna see what you know. What's that movie he he ghost wrote? Who's Pat? It's it's Pat. It's Pat. <laughs> it's- yeah. Well, I the the first thing that I have is not one of the questions, but I only included this because it reminded me of you, Matt. Oh God. Okay. Um, Tarantino himself collects old board games having to do with te- <laughs> awesome. television series like <laughs> I Dream of Genie, The Dukes of Hazard, and The A Team. So there you go. I like this have guy. I like coming. him. He's he's a new more, co-host. The more I learn. Yep. Yeah, we're, we're bored with Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> I don't right, want to so, fucking buy Park Place. You buy fucking Park Place. <laughs> uh, all right, you're each gonna get six. We're just gonna go through them. Don't take too much time. Let's see what you know. Okay, Tim, you're first. Okay. Most of Tarantino's screenplays, most notably Natural Born Killers, contain a detective with this last name. Jesus. Oh, Avery. Anybody else know it just for shits and giggles? That's it was uh, nope. Skagnetti. The Skagnetti. Uh, was that Tom Sizemore Skag- or something? Yeah, Skagnetti Tom on Sizemore. Skagnetti. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Skagnetti on Skagnetti. All right, Tim, you're 0 for 1. How long did Christopher Walken's character claim to have that watch hidden up oh, his yeah. ass in Pulp Fiction? Let's just say, let's say, like, four long years up my ass. <laughs> Something like that. Is that your answer? That four, yeah, four years. It is two years. Oh. Two years. Two years up my ass. <laughs> All right, Tim's over two. After her battle with the crazy 88s, what does the bride prohibit the survivors from taking with them? Their swords. Final answer. Their katanas, yes. That is incorrect. Oh. Their lives. Chris, do you remember? The bodies? Their limbs. Oh. Limbs. F point. She said they belong to me now. Yeah, I remember something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Tim. According to Tarantino, The Hateful Eight is a Western version of what classic sci-fi movie? Ooh. Classic sci-fi movie? Mm-hmm. Uh, running Silent. The, the Thing. The Thing! This is not Running Silent. <laughs> uh. All right, Tim. 
Where in their apartment does Butch keep the watch that Fabienne forgot in Pulp Fiction? Oh, I want a pot belly. It was in the kitchen in the cereal, right? Something like that? No. Oh, my God. Bedside table on the kangaroo. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. I, again, Eating I have cereal and watching Captain Kangaroo. Kangaroo. <laughs> All right, Tim, is your last one. Finish All this right. line from Inglorious Bastards. Ooh, that's a Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, again, I've only, I only saw that movie once in the theaters. Shit. Ooh, that's a lovely tea party. Ooh, that's a bingo. <laughs> Man, right. Wow. Zero, 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 zero. All right, Chris, you ready? I think I'm going to tie you, Tim. All right, I'm ready. All right. Maybe I made him too hard. If so, my fault. Chris, at the beginning of Reservoir Dogs, Quentin Tarantino's character is vividly discussing the meaning of what song by Madonna? Ooh. Oh, my God. I know this. Um, to the uh, like a prayer. I'm guessing that one. Justify my love. Is that your answer? Yeah, get, uh, yeah. Yeah, most of the words right. It is like <laughs> a virgin. Like a virgin is about a young two. girl yeah, that yeah, finds yeah. a nice fella. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chris, what food is stuntman Mike messily eating at the bar in Death Proof? Oh my God. I'm with Tim. So I think I saw it once. What food? Um, a hamburger. A hamburger. burger. Nachos. Nachos. Tachos. Chris, which, char- which character from Reservoir Dogs was known for his refusal to tip? <laughs> See, I know it's Steve Buscemi, and now you want a color, right? I want a color. Pink. Mr. Pink. Mr. Pink is correct. Yay! Chris is winning. I'm winning. Game Chris- over. What soft drink does B- Brett get with his big kahuna meal in Pulp Fiction? Oh, my God. Uh, Diet Coke. That is incorrect. Jules takes it and asks him, and he tells him that it is Sprite. Yes, it is. All right, Chris. Who is the singular character that tied all of the stories together in four rooms? I don't know. It's, I think I think that was one of my ones I didn't wasn't a fan of. And one, it's Tim Roth. It's the it's the um, he's not a butler. What's it called? Person in charge of the hotel, like the valet guy. Kitster. Tim Roth. That's my guess. Tim Roth, the valet. I'm going to give it to you. He's Ted the bellhop. That's it. Bellhop. <laughs> bellhop. Bellboy. And here's your last one, Chris. Okay. For what 90s Saturday Night Live character movie did Quentin Tarantino do some uncredited writing? Oh, shit. <laughs> I think Matt said this earlier. <laughs> fuck me. Go on heads. Uh, fuck. Wayne's, Wayne's World. I, I forget already. Final answer, Wayne's World. Yep. Matt was right. He did some uh, uncredited writing for It's Pat. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> That's how memorable that movie is anymore. <laughs> oh, God. Who, did is, anyone see that? No. Yeah, me neither. Did not. 
that I again, that was uh, that was uh, all the all those movies were released on Paramount, and that was during the time we worked at the theater, yeah. and we didn't get the Paramount movies. That's right. Uh, yeah. mm. I assume that's why Julia Sweeney is in Pulp Fiction, then too. I don't know. Oh yeah, could be. Remember at the end yeah. at the junkyard when they get rid of the car, where he shot mom and in the face. <laughs> She's there, and then okay, forget it. Matt, it's your turn. All right. Tarantino was hired to punch up the script for 1995's Crimson Tide. One example of his influence is a passionate discussion about what superhero in the movie. <laughs> wow. Uh, I'll say Superman because I have no idea. That is incorrect. It's Silver Surfer. Oh God! I learned that he How also did have writing. A passionate discussion about Silver Surfer. They do. It's in the sub, and they're talking about the best Silver Surfer and all that kind of stuff. There's more um, than one. I thought it was all Norn Red. Which is, I think I'm already bored just saying his name. <laughs> <laughs> he also did. I learned he did writing on The Rock. Um, punched up that thing. So that's two Tony Scott movies. Hmm. Uh, Matt, Vincent Vega's brothers with what other Tarantino character? Well, oh, it's, it's one of the Reservoir Dogs. I think it's Mr. Black. I don't know what else to call him other than that, or Michael Madsen, but I'll say Mr. Black. All right. It's Mr. Blonde. I'm going to give it to oh, you. Oh, Mr. Blonde. Oh, okay. Because I got the actor right? Yeah, it's okay, Vic. Good. His name is, he's Vic Vega. Oh, okay. I would have said the guy from Free Willy, but that's Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Free willing. <laughs> Matt, each of the members of the Deadly Viper Assassination Squad and Kill Bill have codename. Uma Thurman is Black Mamba. Daryl Hannah is California Mountain Snake. But what is the codename for David Carradine's Bill? Mm-hmm. David Carradine's what? Sorry, say it again. His what? Or just Bill. Bill. Oh, Bill. Oh, Bill. Shit, this is the movie I've seen most times. I don't know. Um, Trouser. I don't know. King Cobra. I don't know. He is Snake Charmer. Uh, no. Oh, that's you're close. He's there. a snake charmer. Oh, uh, Matt, in true romance, who is Clarence's imaginary friend and mentor? <laughs> no idea. I don't know. Oh, I wish I do. I don't remember. No idea. All right, Tim, I want you to do the impression. Here's Renal with Bradley. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Played by Stupid. Goose. Played no, by. not Goose. It was uh, Val, right? Yeah. Oh, was really? Zeman, Maverick. Maverick. Yep. Uh, Iceman. 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 Uh, you got two more, Matt. Shit. Oh, this one's good for you. In Pulp Fiction, what cereal is Lance eating before Vincent arrives with, <laughs> with, with a dying Mia? Fruit Brute. That is correct. Damn. I sincerely <laughs> thought that that was a fake cereal. I did not I know. know that that was a I, real cereal. I went through a family-sized box of it this past Halloween. It's awful. Uh, yeah. It's gross, but I hate it. Well, Tarantino hates product placement in movies. That's why it's like Red Apple and stuff like that. Like He makes stuff up, but that somehow was okay. Fruit Brute. Because it's Fruit Brute. He thought it would never actually be on market again, I think. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, all right, Matt, this is your last one. This is a tie. Ooh. In Natural Born Killers, where is Robert Downey Jr.'s Wayne Gale from? The Avengers Tower. <laughs> I don't know. Indiana. He's from Australia. Uh, 
You didn't have any Which Jackie means- Brown questions. I don't like Jackie Brown. Oh, you're a fool. I write the questions. Yeah. No Jackie Brown. <laughs> Chris, you win. Woo! Congratulations. Thank you. What's the best Quentin Tarantino movie? Jackie Brown. I win. <laughs> <laughs> well, good job. I hope that uh, people had fun playing along. Um, some kind of esoteric kind of stuff in there. So. Yeah, it's good stuff. Did, did Leonardo win Best Actor for that movie? No, he only went for The Revenant, I think. Okay, but he was nominated. He must have been nominated for this, for that. What yeah, Brad, Brad Pitt won. Supporting, right? I guess. Yeah. yeah. It's been a while since I've seen that movie. That that movie was great the first time I saw it. I love that movie. I love it so much. <laughs> well, <laughs> since we're winding down this episode, time to catch up with uh, you guys. So, Chris. Yes. What'd you watch this week? Well, I saw a movie um, on Friday night, and it's it reminds you of those stupid, not 80s, I guess 90s action films. Um, it stars an actor I'm not a big fan of, but, you know, he tries to be cool, and it was called Plane with Herod Butler. Yeah, I can't and, believe that's a movie. <laughs> yeah, well, I was watching something, I think it was like some talk show monologue, and they said, yeah, you know, they, the, the worst, t- you know, Plane, and then they... They got these names for other movies, and then they show Die Hard called Building, and then they show Steve <laughs> Bus. And, and they were showing all kinds of shit. It's 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 not bad. It's entertain. It's stupid popcorn. It's a stupid popcorn film. You just go there and put your brain, you know, next to you, and just sit back and watch it. And it wasn't bad. He didn't take on the whole fucking you know island of people trying to attack them. He was just a pilot, and it was it wasn't bad. It was better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Plain, plain. plain. And, and Luke Cage went too. So, uh-huh. uh, Matt, yes. What'd you brew? What I brew? Wow. Okay, a lot of stuff because it's competition season. But the one in particular, well, two, I guess technically has been fun. We entered the Iron Brewer competition, which is kind of based on Iron Chef, where you enter, you sign up, you pay your entry fee, and then you're told what your secret ingredient is. That's awesome. So we had no idea going into it. We got espresso. We got kind of lucky because some of the shit people got, they got like bitters, curry, teriyaki, plantains, altoids, (laughs) terracons. Oh, no. We got lucky with with espresso. And we we did this last year. We got Malamars, if you know what those are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're like, uh, for people that don't know, they're like kind of a take on a s'more. It's a, like a moon pie or what. It's a little little spiced cracker, shortbread cracker with a dollop of uh, marshmallow then covered in, in chocolate. We made a porter with it, and we got third place. It was like 40 entries, and we got third place. So we're we're trying to get, and it's a crowd favorite pick, so we're, we're working towards crowd favorite. So we got espresso, and we my wife came up with a golden stout recipe one that looks like a you know, like a lager but tastes like a stout with the coffee and it was really good but i think i think we would call it something else because it's not quite a stout it's like a coffee whatever blonde but mm. i'm trying to go for crowd favorite and give them something they're not expecting and i made a base milkshake ipa which is basically a, a new england ipa with some lactose sugar and put coffee in it and damned if it didn't taste like a coffee and cream and hopped coffee when i made it so i think that's, that's awesome. what we're gonna go with because the guy that won last year he did a dragon fruit ipa and people love ipas that's like the best-selling beer on the face of the planet 
And he he didn't he didn't even really incorporate the fruit. He just boiled the shit out of the out of the peel and put that in. So he had like this pink IPA. So everyone was like, "Oh, I'm voting for the pink IPA." Did it taste good? I don't know. It's a pink IPA. So I'm hoping people walk around going. <laughs> We're voting for the coffee and cream IPA. Was it good? It was a coffee and cream IPA. So that's the angle we're going for. So <laughs> I brewed a test batch of it. Came out pretty amazing. So that's probably what we're going to end up entering. We'll find out. Big festival, like five hours long, like 40 to 50 brewers and these insane ingredients. It's a lot of fun. So that's, that's, that's awesome. that was my, my big brew breakthrough this week, I think. When is it? Uh, February 25th. Is that a Saturday? It sounds like the right date. Let's see. February. Yep. 25th. Yep. All right. Well, if this comes out before that and you're down in central Florida, go uh, vote for Matt's beer. That's right. Yeah. Go to the iron brew fest in, uh, what the fuck is it? Pasco County, uh, Newport Richie at the liquid garage. That's awesome. All right, Tim, we were talking before the show and, uh, Tim, Tim knows more about music than anybody I know. And <laughs> Tim will just be like, yeah, you got to hear this song. You know, he, he, it's like a garden state. You got to hear this song. It'll change your life. And uh, I'll be like, all right, I'll listen to your song, Tim. And within seconds, you're like, yeah, this is a great fucking song. And it's instantly on your playlist. So, Tim, what song should I have on my playlist? You know what? I uh, There's a country singer. named Morgan Wade. And uh, I've been getting into her stuff recently. She's been out for a little while. And she, I guess she's just going on her first like headlining tour coming up. But she has a song called Wilder Days, which is really good. She's she's very she's very country, like re, like 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 when I say country, like real kind of hillbilly kind of. But she's really good. She's got a she's got a really like Dolly Parton esque voice. But you could tell she's pretty rough. Like, like she, she, she had to deal with a lot of shit. And uh, I, re- and I, I, I really dig her stuff. She was supposed to go on tour last year. Then they canceled the tour and postponed it to this year. So I, I have some theories on why they did that. I'm not going to air them here on the on on this podcast. But I have a feeling that she was trying to get certain things straightened before she was going to go on tour. Uh, you know being from like West Virginia and Kentucky and that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, she has a song called uh, yeah. Wilder days, which I, which I really dig. And she's, she's actually really, really good. So if you, if you enjoy like Americana type stuff, she might be up your alley. Awesome. Morgan Wade. Cool. All right. Very nice. We all do different things. (laughs) Chris, what is the worst thing you've seen on television this week? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm stealing Dave's question, but Dave, you no. can still ask your question. No, it's good. But I'm stealing a question here. What's the worst thing that you'll admit to watching on TV this week? Well, last episode, I mentioned the horror movie that I watched, and that might be it, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be yeah. honest. It, did, you it watch, good. did you watch the Golden Globes? Did you, uh, this is... When this episode comes out, the, the Golden Globes will have been like a month and a half ago. Yeah. I did. Did you watch the Golden Globes? I watched the, the first like hour, hour and a half mm. towards like, you know, like 9.30ish or so. Then I DVR'd the rest and I watched it the following day. And I, I did watch it and, you know, some movies I agree with and TV stars and whatnot, but wasn't a fan of the host. Tell you that. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I don't even know who was nominated. Have they even have the Academy Awards even been not announced? Not yet? yet. It's usually a couple no. weeks after the Golden Globes were. Um, I have on. no idea who was even nominated. 
for the Golden Globes. I all of a sudden it was like someone said the Golden Globes, and I'm like, oh shit! Like, well, I had no idea. Nothing. They weren't on it. I don't think last year. Now, this is like a big deal. It's back. Blah blah blah. But it was just the host they, was just like they weren't on. It, they weren't on because of the stuff that the the political incorrectness of the organization. It wasn't because of like COVID or. Oh really? Oh, I th- for real, I thought it was because of the pandemic. It was just because the politics kind of shit. It was because no, there were no black actors nominated for anything in you know any what? category. So people started to complain, and they're like, "You know what? Then we're not even going to do it this year." So this year, they made sure they tried to atone for some of that. Kind that of explains stuff. a lot. A lot of people were joking about the whole white uh, people up on stage and whatnot. So now it makes sense now why there's a lot of um, not enough um blacks up here yeah mm. yeah they're a weird organization because i know even like uh i mean austin butler won and uh he did do a really good job but everybody keeps saying how uh what's his name uh, brennan fraser is going to win all these awards and the oscar mm-hmm. and all this stuff well he was nominated but he didn't win and then i read mm-hmm. the next day he didn't win because he boycotted the ceremony oh. because <laughs> he doesn't like the organization so like did he really not win or did he just not win because they're like, didn't let him win. I don't know. There, there was a time where I like, I lived and breathed like nominations and I I vowed to see everything that was nominated. Uh, And it's, it's gotten so difficult now because some of these nominations are like movies that are only on certain streaming sites, you know? And so I have to, I would have to subscribe to Apple TV to watch a movie that's nominated for Best Picture or Best Actor or something like that, or I'd have to go and get this, that, and whatever to watch this. Um, yeah, so I just, I just give up. I gave up. <laughs> I, I noticed care. that too. I noticed that. <laughs> I couldn't care less about those things. My God, I, I, that is just a. A uh, group of narcissists sitting around jerking each other off for five hours. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> no, that, that I would watch. <laughs> it's the it's the same same thing with the Grammys. Like I used to like care. Like I used to care what was nominated for best this that and whatever. I don't even like give two squirts of piss anymore. I'm like I just don't care yeah. because chances are I've never heard of the artist. I have to. I have not turned on the radio in my car in a good decade. <laughs> the newest songs that I hear are when I'm shopping at Publix. It's, I have no idea what's out there. No idea. Tim's, I'm, 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 Tim's I'm, I'm, 70 all of a sudden. <laughs> I, I'm completely on hip when it comes to top 40. I have no idea what's what's what anybody's listening to. I know what I'm listening to, but I have no idea what's popular in the world. Like I'll even go to a place that actually sells CDs. Like I'll go to um, Barnes and Noble, and kind of look at their pitiful new release rack. I'm like, what's up, what's up with this? I'm like, yeah, I have no idea. Well, as as we're recording this right now, right now on TV is the SAG Awards, and I'm DVRing them just to fast forward to who want to see wins here and there. So I, I do record, I do watch a lot of the the movie ones just to see what's going on. Out the there. movie, the movie ones are. It's good to know what's nominated, so you know kind of what to keep an eye on because it's like oh well maybe that's something to watch because some people seem to think that there's Mm -hmm. quality so maybe there's something in it and so that that that's all i I, you know when i see the nominations it's it's kind of interesting but i just don't i don't care who wins but it's a but it's 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 so hard to get out to see 
a lot of these movies because some of them aren't in theaters, some of them are streaming. It, it used to, it used to be if it was difficult, it was because it was like remains of the day. It showed at one yeah. theater <laughs> right. in the tri-state area. It's like okay, well, that's another Anthony Hopkins movie. I'm not going to see. That's nominated. So it used to be that way, but now it's it's like there you can get them. It's just you have to go to different streaming sites. You got to pay to download it or this side whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I'll just go watch Weekend at Bernie's on the, you know, <laughs> on Tubi. Yeah, <laughs> Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> what about you, Dave? I'm sure you got formed a hard opinion on something this week. <laughs> yeah. Are you sure? <laughs> I think so. Do I do that? No. I actually did. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's actually you, you talk, we're talking about these award things. And let me start by saying I have never seen Abbott Elementary. So mm. I'm not I'm not um throwing shade at Abbott Elementary. Um I know a lot of people like it and I'm happy. What is this a TV show or a movie? Yeah. What is this? It's a TV yeah. show. But, is it a comedy? Uh, is it a it's a, a comedy about a public school set in Philadelphia? The creator's a woman from Philadelphia. It wins all the awards. But I, my problem isn't with the show, it's with the style of show. So it's one of these mockumentary type shows, a la The Office. And I guess the thing that bothers me, unless I'm wrong, is that to be there needs to be a reason why the people are being filmed mm. in, in these type of shows in the office, both British and, and American version. There was a reason. So I was thinking about like, well, why are I don't watch the show, but like, are, is there ever a reason that they're filming these teachers and, and, and the, they have the little side interviews. And I was like, well, I, I, if there isn't, I don't like that. But then it, it got me thinking one of my other favorite shows is parks and recreation. And there's no reason for that. <laughs> so, like, I was, like, getting angry then that I like this show that I like. There's no reason for them to be filming. And I started to research it, actually. There's one throwaway line in the first, in the pilot, where uh, Nick Offerman looks at the camera crew and says, did you get a grant for this? And that's it. Mm. They never explain who they are, but he does talk to them once and acknowledges that they're being filmed it's not a good uh, a good reason why and then i was thinking about the the one that people really get upset about is modern family mm, yeah. yeah and i don't i don't like modern family but there's no reason why anybody would be filming this family i mean it's just creepy <laughs> yeah that's funny you're right because i do look at the camera once in a while and they talk yeah 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 they have their little side testimonials so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I guess the thing that, that is bothering me this week is is that style of show. Um, Christopher Guest made it made it famous, yes. I think, along yeah. with Ricky Gervais in The Office. There's certainly a reason why those characters are being filmed in the Christopher Guest movies. It's perfect. Um, and I cannot wait for a, the next Spinal Tap movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you don't have a reason, I think, as a showrunner or writer, that the people are being filmed i think that the the mockumentary style of uh theme shouldn't be used that's all i'm saying like fan I film guess. what the fuck were they being filmed for what's that like, like fan film what the fuck were those guys being filmed <laughs> yeah, for? exactly <laughs> well i mean they, I, I can i can see a reason for filming at a school in a documentary style thing but you got to 
be upfront with that at least at least in the pilot and then bring it up you know every like five to six episodes right bring it up again because they did that in the office they said every once in a while I'd be like i don't know what you're using this for but uh, you know good luck and that kind of thing yeah, and the whole last episode, season in the office, people don't like it necessarily. It's kind of a polarizing thing with office fans is that the crew becomes part of the story, and uh, a lot of people didn't like that. They may do that on the show, and if they do, I apologize to what's her name, Kanita Brunson, or whatever her name is. Um, you're right. There is a reason why someone could be filming a documentary in an elementary school. They could be doing a documentary about public schools in Philadelphia. But I, for some reason, I don't think that they do that. Do they? Uh, do they just throw in lots of little like Philadelphia, you know, Philadelphia isms? Like, oh, you got to go to Passyunk. Ah, 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 ah. Um, from what it's I've on seen, Sheldonham Avenue. Ah. Yeah, I think there's stuff because the woman is from Philadelphia, so I got knows. a steak at Campos. Ah, 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 ah. Yeah, it's a uh, you know, it, what was that? What's that horrible show that Chris likes? That's Which one's that? You gotta narrow it's, that the fuck down. Yeah. Uh, it's supposed to be Jenkintown, the thing that uh, Jeff Garland was on. Oh, uh, the Goldbergs. And yeah, Jesus Jeff Christ, Christ that fucking show. It sucks now. It totally sucks now. It's still <laughs> on? Yeah, and and he got fired yeah. for no appropriate behavior or whatever. They didn't even acknowledge they had one episode where he died and they, then... They killed him off, right? Yeah, yeah. They, they, they killed him off. Like Roseanne. It's horrible. It's horrible. Oh Jesus! Don't even get me started. Yeah, I'm not, because we're not going to agree on that, so we'll just it, go right over. But it that. did have the Hooters on it, so <laughs> they had the Hooters on it. Yeah, the one show yeah. like this, the, the the one thing that's always Sunny, it was one scene in Always Sunny in Philadelphia that always bothered me is when they actually went out of their way to make a Philadelphia reference. That I mean, I guess it was natural, but it didn't feel natural at all. It was when they were like trying to make the video of a fake terrorist for whatever reason they're like we need a gun we need an ak-16 and this is like fine i'll just run down to the wawa and get an ak-47 i'm like for some (laughs) reason the way he said it felt so forced i'm like we know you're in philadelphia that that for some reason that was like really just jarring to me when i saw it it was like too forced yeah exactly but, was, but the funny later too. He's like with the with the. He's like, why didn't you get the hoagies that I like from the Wawa? <laughs> I was gonna say, and the funny part is now, like I'll say to Christy, I'm running a Wawa. So I mean, I use it in everyday conversation, but for some reason that felt for. I don't call it the Wawa. That's the thing. I just go to Wawa. Yeah, yeah. Matt doesn't own that 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 Wawa. The Wawa. No, it's Wawa. Yeah. There's more than one Dave, Wawa. Does, does it bother you when people talk to the camera, like? Like like Deadpool style? No, okay. no. We just had this uh, on the Indiana Jones and character. We just had a long thing about Fleabag. I don't. I oh yeah yeah yeah. That to me, that to me is different. Okay. That's not that's not supposed to be a documentary. That's it's a it's fiction and that's a storytelling device. It's this mockumentary in a setting thing. That's what threw me off about the first episode of She-Hawk was when she would talk to the camera. And I guess Deadpool does the same thing. But for some reason, I guess because this is a series, maybe it took a little getting used to because there was no indication that this was there was going to be a fourth wall broken constantly. And when she did it, I'm like, ah, what the fuck? But I got used to it. But that was the first time it did. I was like, I don't know if I like this or not. But then I, but you're right. Deadpool does it, too. And the the mockumentaries do it. But the mockumentaries make more sense. 
the final episode of She-Hulk, I think yeah, everyone hated that because oh, she, 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 she really. <laughs> I thought that was going to yeah, so, yeah, she really left left like the whole like show and yeah. trying to find Captain Feige. Like people yeah. hated that. Yeah. Yeah, people are got their heads up their asses too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially fanboys. Well, there you go. Which is why this That's isn't called Star Wars in character anymore. Nope. Absurd. <laughs> it's outside the galaxy. That's right. Of Star Wars the character. But um awesome episode. Like always. Cause you eh, not always. <laughs> Just wait till Tim does his person of you know the third guitarist from the left. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Carrie King of Slayer. We're gonna talk about him for two hours. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> oh boy. Well <laughs> oh boy. Thanks for listening out there, everyone out there in, in your own galaxy. Thank you for joining us in ours. So, <laughs> a, I like that sign off. Yeah. In your galaxy, <laughs> thank you for joining us in ours. Yeah, write that down. <laughs> write that down right now. Yeah, because I didn't like remember any, any fucking. That thing. sounds like a that's that's like a Captain Noah uh, <laughs> you know, sign off. Thank you for joining us in ours. Yeah. Good old Captain Noah. Send a picture to dear Captain. <laughs> what kind of if you go if you, you go know? to the the police? Oh, any pictures? <laughs> <laughs> titties, titties, titties. That was in the song, right? Okay, it's it's it's, it's, it's that line of that wasp song, "Fuck like a beast." I got pictures of naked ladies. <laughs> <laughs> Tim's gonna do Blackie Lawless as Blackie Lawless in character. character. Yeah, I got pictures and I fuck like a beast. <laughs> Tim, Tim, is your first person going to be a musician? I actually had picked out a character just in case uh, I had a character tonight, and it oh. was not a musician. Wow. But it, it, it's it's uh, it, it, but it is an advertising icon. No, oh, I'm sorry, we should have done that, then. Mister. Oh, Mr. We'll Mr. Say, we'll say, I'm looking forward. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. We all now now we all have characters. No, ready, I, you know, I love yeah, it. it was it was not a musician. Actually, I I here's the thing is I. I can talk about music with Dave and Matt, I think has a working knowledge of a lot of music, but I could go live maybe too deep catalog even for Matt <laughs> for Chris. I don't even have to, if I go past the first page of, of, uh, of anything music related nervous nights, that's way out of his element. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like I could talk, I could do like, we could talk, Hey, I'm going to do an episode on rat. And while round and round, Three quarters of us know who Rat is. I couldn't talk about Rat with Chris because he might know, yeah, one song. Do you know Rat? Round and round, right? Is that is that who they round sing? Round and round, yeah. yeah. That yeah. was the commercial. The the comes year. around and tell me why, why? That was the commercial of the year for me, like two years ago. Like we, <laughs> we got, got a great price on this house, but we got rats in the basement. Round and get around. <laughs> They're in the basement jamming. That was awesome. I remember that? That was a great commercial. And then they did it to fucking death with everything. We have ants. Ugh. Expired. Or I could expired. Expired. I could talk about docking. And mm. yeah, I mean Chris knows One's back wrong. to back yeah. Dream uh, Warriors. Uh, yeah. Dream Warriors. But beyond that, I Chris would like I mean, it would be way over his head to be he just tune out. <laughs> so that's so Nothing I have new. to be careful. I have to be careful with that kind of stuff. Because I don't I don't want to break in the chains. I don't want to pull stuff too far out of our 
wheelhouse to, <laughs> to, uh, to 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 alienate one or more of the the people. So I kind of have to think about what is everybody going to have a working knowledge of. Yeah. Well, Mr. D, Mr. D. While none of us knew who he was, that was a great character because there was a lot to go on with. There was a lot to be creeped out and a lot to joke around about. But if I bring up Don Dockin, I'm like, I mean, what's, what's, what are people going to talk about? You know, he's no Mr. D. <laughs> well, you and I could do a duet of Alone Again if you do John Dockin. I like to feel you when it comes to night. I like to see you in the morning light. <laughs> I actually, that song came up on my, uh, I was playing that the other night, other day as I was driving. I was delivering pizzas. I love, I can't, without you, without you. Not the live version, the Beast from the East version, but the studio version from Under Lock and Key. That, that's Matt, uh, yeah, that's a Dave and Tim's spinoff, Docking and Character. Docking. <laughs> well, see, that, that, like the best of fives, like, like I, I could do best of fives with Dave and talk about does a lot of stuff, but yeah, with, with Chris, I'm like, you know, Celine Dion, Madonna, you know, uh, Tolan Oates, Whitney Houston, Whitney Houston. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. I want to, I, I, I did have a, a wrestling themed one that I think oh, we could cool. all talk about. That'd be cool. I, I have a wrestling, wrestling themed one that I think, I think we could, t- we could talk about that would, that would, it would again be within our wheelhouse. It wouldn't be just me talking about John Cena, but it would be a theme that we could talk. I'll talk about. So I have have a few, I have a few ideas ready to go. Looking forward to it. And I hope you guys are out there too. Oh, well, this is still part of the show. I have no idea. I don't even know if we ended it. Oh, you had your little new catchphrase. It was good. Yeah. Your little, your little, uh, sign off. Well, in case, in case this all works, That's the real sign Thanks for listening to Swick Presents Outside the Galaxy. Outside the Galaxy is a Neozaz.com production. For more great content and original productions, please visit Neozaz.com. Neozaz.com and Swick Presents Outside the Galaxy is proudly 100% listener supported. To learn how you can help support the work done by Neozaz.com and get access to exclusive content, please visit patreon.com slash Neozaz. To help support the show for free, please consider taking a couple minutes to leave a five-star review on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you download this podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back.